Good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors of Horizon, and I just want to say thank you so much for joining us this morning for worship. Uh, we're about eight or nine weeks into this now, and I don't know about you, but I've just been longing for sort of this release, sort of this experience of, of release from this, this life that feels trapped and boxed in and, and closed in right now. It's, it's reminded me of another experience in my life where I felt trapped and boxed in and closed in. See, the year after I graduated from college, I spent a year teaching seventh, seventh grade math and science. I also uh, was the women's basketball coach for this for this middle school. The first week of, of teaching, we were in these teacher work day and teacher training classes the week before school started. And and in the in the workshop, the beginning meeting, they announced that they did not have a women's basketball coach. I, I love basketball. I love young women. I thought this would be an awesome opportunity for me to be a coach and a mentor and help help lead this basketball team. And so no one signed up to, to be the women's basketball coach. And so I found myself like raising my hand and saying, I'll coach, I'll coach, I'll coach. And after this, the meeting was over, a couple of the teachers came up to me and they said, you know, that was really great that you volunteered volunteered to do that, but you do realize this team hasn't won a game in six years. And I was like, oh, I, di I didn't know that. Um, and they were like, well, good luck to you. I hope you have a great season. I found myself in tryouts um, in October, and I realized why this team had not won. It was a team full of seventh graders. We were going to be playing teams full of eighth graders. We didn't have a lot of experience. We had no size. I had one girl who could dribble the ball with both hands and make a layup on occasion. And so I, I just, I, I realized this was going to be a long season, but I realized something else in the middle of that season after we lost five games and I'd sat through half times and end of game speeches where I'm trying to pump my girls up. I realized something else was weighing on them. This story that they had been told for years that, that the Hallfields basketball team are losers. They don't win games. They're not good. They're, they're a bunch of undersized, not talented, can't make a shot bunch of girls. And, and I realized that we had to be released from that story to be able to win the game. I also realized that maybe I needed a new playbook. That the plays that I was drawing up to, to include everybody and make sure that everybody gets the ball and we're we're doing this offense and spreading everybody out, that maybe that wasn't the best idea. Maybe I, I needed to, to pull out my Carolina Tar Heel playbook and you get the ball to the person who can dribble with both hands and make a shot most of the time. I had one player who could do that. Her name was Shakira. And so literally, we've lost five games in a row. I find myself in the pregame speech um, before our sixth game, and I've got these girls sitting around me, sort of not super excited about this game, and I said, here's the deal, guys. Forget every code word for the play. Forget every play I've taught you. This is, this is our play. We have one play this whole game. I want you to get a rebound and play defense, and every time you get the ball, I want it to go to Shakira. Shakira, I want you to dribble the ball to the basket and make it, period. That's our game plan today. Get the ball to Shakira. She's going to get it in the basket. And I'll, I'm happy to report that at the end of that game, we won by three baskets. We won like 14 to eight. I think middle school basketball scores are, are low. But I was, I, I, this is what I realized at the end of that game, that this, this opportunity of them winning, like at the end of the game, we're like high five and I'm crying. These girls are excited. Like you couldn't have told them that they didn't win a championship because the story that Hallfields basketball had lived into for six years had, had been, this is a team full of losers. You're not talented. You can't do this. They had been released from that story in that moment and they felt like 
winners and it didn't matter it didn't really matter what playbook i followed to get there all that mattered is that we were released from that story i'd love to tell you that we went on to win every single game the rest of the season the truth is we won one more game we finished the season two and ten i think it wasn't the best year but it did set them up to be the champions the next year i wasn't the coach but um the coach who coached them sent me an email and said you're not going to believe this but we're undefeated and we won the championship um and so i realized that that influencers there's some moment in your life where you're released from a story that's trapped you in and you you've been told your whole life that you have to live into and so this morning i want us to to think about those experiences in our own lives what are those stories we've told ourselves what are those things that are trapping us in that we need to be released from i, I don't know about you but i I've experienced people telling me those stories about my life before. I, I'm a woman. I was raised in a, in a church that told me I couldn't be a pastor because I, I was a woman. And I had to be released from that story. God had to release me from that. I, I've spent time in a job where I couldn't be who I felt like I was supposed to be. I, I don't know if you've experienced this before, but maybe you've had a job where you felt trapped in and boxed in and closed in. You couldn't really be who it was who it is that you feel like God is asking you to be. Maybe your grief or your pain is, is boxing you in and trapping you in right now. Maybe it's your anxiety or your worry about the future that's boxing you in and trapping you in, and you find yourself just wanting to be released from that this morning. I, I, I just want you to know that we've been, we've been talking about the last few weeks about how to be an influencer, and influencers have to experience release from those things that are boxing them in and trapping them in, and they can do that through the power of the story that God has written in us and through us and offers to us through Jesus Christ. This morning, we're going to look at a story about Peter and John. They're two people who followed Jesus. They were some of his closest closest friends. They were his closest followers. And, and God, after, after Jesus had died and rose again, God had asked them, share this story. There are people who need to hear and who need to know there's a new way to live our lives. We don't have to continue to live these stories bound up by the, by the things we've done wrong. We can live as forgiven people released from that. We don't have to live by these stories the world has told you and said about you. You can live into a new story. God has a new plan, a new way for you. God used this man, his son, Jesus. He died on the cross and he rose again and he's writing a new story and he offers you a new story. And, and these guys, Peter and John, are telling this story to all these people and, and it's starting to resonate. People are like, we want this. They're experiencing the, the grace of God through Jesus Christ and they're living this new story. And people who are who are government leaders and, and who are working in, in, in sort of these leadership roles, they're starting to be like, no, we don't want that story to be the story people are believing. We, we want them to believe something else about themselves. And Peter and John are, are using this to, to help experience uh, people experience being healed and, and experience life, life new. And, and they get thrown in jail. They get questioned for a few, few moments. They get thrown in jail. And they find themselves like in jail. And these, these leaders are like, talking to him or questioning him about it. And, and Peter and John just make this decision. In order to be the influencers God has asked us to be, we're going to have to be released from these stories and these expectations that these teachers and these leaders and these even these religious leaders have asked us to follow for so many years. And we are going to tell and live into the new story God has for us through Jesus Christ. And so this morning, I want you to hear, um, if you want to read this story, it's found in Acts chapter 4. We're going to read the second part of the story. But the first part of the story is... 
these guys get thrown in prison for being a part of healing and sharing this story of release with people and them experiencing it. Um, and then they realize these leaders are questioning Peter and John and they realize they have an option. They can let them go or they can continue to hold them there and people are getting upset about that. So they release them. And this is how, this is how our story starts today. It says, own their release. And, and all week I thought this meant upon being released from like jail, from custody. But I realized that, that Peter and John were actually released from the expectations that, and the story that they've been told their whole lives by the religious leaders and the government leaders around them. And they've decided to be released from that and to live into the story that Jesus Christ had for them. So on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of heaven, of earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and listen to the prayer that they pray. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your Holy Spirit, Holy Servant Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting were shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with the word of God boldly. This is what influencers do. The first thing they have to do is choose to be released from the expectations of the people around them. They have to choose to be released from the story that they've been told their whole lives about themselves and listen to the story that God has for us through Jesus. Peter and John, fishermen, just plain old, plain old normal, ordinary guys were released from the story of you're just, all you are is a fisherman and they were released for a new story. You are a fisherman of men. You are a fisherman of people. People. You are a people, you are two people who we want to use to share the good news that other people can be invited into this story to shine light and ignite change. Somebody somewhere has told you some story that's boxed you in and trapped you in for far too long. Can you believe the story God has for you through Jesus Christ? That God has a new purpose and a new plan for your life to shine light and ignite change, to be used in bold ways to share this message Influencers have two choices. They can continue to live into the stories and expectations of the people around them, or they can, they can be people who are, who are influenced by the story that God has written in your life. And then this isn't the only thing influencers do. They don't just stop with choosing to be influencers. They pray. The first thing they do is they pray for the world. Did you hear Peter and John went back to the people? They reported about this. And the first thing they did was, was they began to pray for the world. They began to pray for the kings and the leaders throughout the world. Folks, if we want to be influencers, we got to be praying. we got to be praying for the people in our world, for the people who are leading and making decisions, for the people who are hurting right now. We've got to be praying for our world if we want to be influencers. And the second thing they prayed for is they prayed that God would use them as influencers, that God would use them to, to share and to heal and, and to do something new, that God would use them as servants of Jesus Christ to do something new and bold 
in the world. So the first thing influencers do is they begin to pray for the world and then they pray for themselves that God would enable them and use them. And then it says that the place where they were was shaken. This morning, I want to share two stories with you. Jacob and Rachel were mentors and friends of mine when I was in Nashville, Tennessee, serving as a pastor. And they are, they, they are going to share a story about the ways God released them from this question, from this sort of wrestling with what the future would look like, how God released them from that, and how God shook up their lives to use them as influencers in mighty ways. And then my friend Jacob, he's a part of Horizon Church. He's going to share a story about his own life where he was released from sort of this, this experience of, of, of serving our, our armed forces. He, he served in another country. He was released and then, and then his world, his life was shaken up from this release that God had for him through prayer. Um, and, and listen to these two stories. Figure out how it is God might be speaking to you to experience release and then have your world shaken up in the best way ever. Hey there, Pastor Erica, Pastor Chris, and Horizon Church. I'm Jacob Armstrong. This is my wife, Rachel. We're so happy to just speak to you for a moment. We love uh, your pastors and we love your church. We've been praying for you since before you were born. So it's a thrill to, uh, to speak to you for a moment and hear about well, how God is working in the life of your church. Pastor Erica asked us to share about a time when the Holy Spirit shook us in prayer. So Rachel's gonna tell you about that. Yes, we had been at a conference with college students we were working with and we'd had time and space at different um, times of worship and messages to both realize separately that God had been asking us separately the same question, which was, would we go wherever he wants us to go? And even though we had answered that question before, he asked us it in a new way and we were able to get on our knees in our hotel room hmm and pray and just give ourselves to God in a new way to be willing to go and do whatever he wanted us to do, which actually led to us starting our church, Providence Church, um, 12 years ago now. 12 years ago, which Erica was a part of for a little while. We're so proud of you guys. Take care. Good morning, Horizon. My name is Jacob Sheehan and my wife, Rachel, and our kids, Sam and Nora, started attending Horizon in August uh, when we moved to Tampa. So Pastor Erica asked me to uh, share a story of the time where I've been shaken up by prayer. So true confession, uh, I don't think I have the most robust prayer life. Uh, when I think of someone who does, I think of my mother, uh, but I do have an example. So in 2012 and 2013, I was leading a special forces team uh, in Afghanistan. And around that time, I'd been reading my Bible and uh, read the verse about Jesus saying to love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. So I asked myself the question, well, what if what Jesus says is actually true? So I decided to start praying for the Taliban. Uh, it was pretty bizarre. I felt like I had a really strong sense of justice, uh, but it was as if, as if God was saying to me, you're barely scratching the surface on my sense of justice, and my sense of justice is unfathomable. So I think when you're shaken up like that, uh, you also live a little differently. Uh, I've always been a little fearful of sharing my faith, and uh, around that time, over Christmas dinner, uh, I decided to share the gospel with our Afghan partners. It wasn't anything I planned, it was just in the moment. Um, and it was this out-of-body experience where I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking instead of me 
uh, and I was able to communicate a story of how Jesus entered the world uh, in this surprising way that was filled with humility and vulnerability and forgiveness. So life is definitely different um, in those moments when you're shaken up uh, by prayer. This is my prayer for you folks. That you'll quit listening to the stories everybody else has told you about yourself. That you'll pick up the new playbook God has for you through Jesus Christ. And that you'll, be, you'll begin living as a person who's free to shine light and ignite change. And that as you are the person that God has called you to, do, to be influencing the world by shining light and at night change, that you'll do something incredibly important, that you'll pray for the world and that you will pray that God will use you in bold ways to shine light and at night change. And I pray, I pray right now that your world is shaken in the best way possible and that this place where we live is shaken because some people who dedicated themselves to online worship for nine weeks, began to pray, and that this place will be shaken up because of it. I love you. Shine light, ignite change, and let's pray in bold ways this week. Let's be the influencers God has asked us to be.